On this brand new episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, we talk with Alistair McCall about how to build a championship mindset. Welcome and welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast, competitors. Man, it's great to have you here. My name's Jake Thompson. I'm the founder and chief encouragement officer here at Compete Everyday And I'm excited to hang out with you today as one of my Twitter friends, Alistair McCaw, joins the show to talk about his work as a trainer. He went from a physical trainer to now a mental performance trainer. What that looks like having worked with some of the world's greatest in their sports and how we can build a championship mindset. Life we know has changed dramatically over the last few months, but the basis of this conversation, the things we can do to improve our mindset, our self-awareness, our gratitude every day, the things that Alistair and I talk about are key, that if you're still at home on quarantine, you have time to start implementing this. But here's the best part. If you're not on quarantine, if you're back out in work, if you're going out into the world again, you still have the opportunity to build these same things. The skills like mental toughness, grit, gratitude, focus, the things that we want to have when the opportunity arrives, when the big moments strike and the adversity hits, we have to start building well before that moment arrives. It's just like an athlete. You can't show up on game day and expect to ball out unless you put in the work prior, unless you spent the off-season training, unless you spent the week before watching game fail, studying the playbook, practicing reps. You don't just snap your fingers and magically become more mentally tough, more gritty, or better focused. You build it every single day. And Alistair and I get into that conversation about how we can start building key things in our lives, whether we're at home in quarantine or we're out in the real world. And so I hope I hope you find a way to take something away. You start applying it this week. On that note, I would love to hear from you one thing that stood out from you during this conversation. If you'll shoot me a note to podcast at competeeveryday.com with one lesson, one thing that you're going to take away from today's conversation, just put in the subject line lesson, send me the one thought. I'm going to be sending someone a free copy of my book or Better yet, you may be getting a t-shirt. So if you've already bought a copy of my brand new book, Compete Every Day, then you could be a lucky winner that gets a brand new t-shirt. And if you are someone that does not have a copy yet, you could be winning that and I will send that, sign it and send it to you. So take a lesson from today's episode. Shoot me an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com with one takeaway you had from today's show, something you're gonna implement, something that stood out, something that stuck with you about today's show. And I will give away randomly a copy of a book or a brand new Compete Everyday t-shirt. Our summer collection is dropping on June 2nd. So you may even get one of the early, early releases before it goes public. As always, to support the show, there are two super easy ways to do that. The first is to use the code podcast at competeeveryday.com. You can use it to get 15% off any order, including a copy of my brand new book, Compete Every Day, The Not-So-Secret Secret to Winning Your Work and Life. Or pick up a brand new gym flag, wristbands, shirts, you name it. We just added a ton of new flags, wristband stickers to the Compete Every Day store. And so you can hop on there, use the code podcast, get 15% off any order, Or perhaps you want to sit on it and wait till that June 2nd summer release. So we've got some fun things coming. The other way that you can support the show that costs you absolutely no dollars, but just about 20 to 30 seconds of time, 
is to leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes. If you're listening to this show on your iTunes podcast app, just leave us a quick rating and review. Those ratings and reviews help other people find the show, understand what the show's about, is the content worth their time, and hopefully introduce them to what it means to compete every day. There's a lot of people out there searching their phones, searching social media, just trying to find something that they can use to apply to their life. They keep missing success. They, they keep struggling mentally and they're looking for a way to build a stronger mindset so that they can compete for their best life. We believe this show, this content, these conversations are the groundwork for that, to help people create that spark to start pursuing their best life, to start showing up and competing every day and by helping them understand what it looks like. So your rating and review could be the very thing that catches someone's attention and helps change their trajectory by introducing them not only to you, but to this message and the Compete Everyday community. On that note, to join our free community, go to facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Just say you learned about it here on the podcast. We'd love to welcome you in there, get to know you, cheer you on, watch you crush your goals and support you all along the way. Now, without further ado, let's talk about building a championship mindset and tackling everything life throws at you with Alistair McCall. Alistair, welcome to the Compete Everyday podcast today. How are you? Hey, Jake. Thanks so much for having me. I am good. Thank you very much for asking. Yeah, no, uh, this will be a fun interview. I know we've been connected on uh, Twitter for a while. I feel like that's where I get to meet a lot of really fun people. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've gotten more and more intentional over the years about that platform, especially uh, of pruning away certain follows uh, and being very, very locked into the right people because you can learn from some incredible people on there, some very smart people just as yourself. And, and I love the content you put out. And so I'm excited for you to get to, to connect and talk today for our listeners. Before we dive into your work and, and what you're doing right now, give us a little background kind of on your story, how you got to this spot today as a published author, speaker, mental performance coach. Yeah, um, and just getting back to your point there about Twitter, I love my Twitter, so uh, I agree with you. Just such a great platform to connect with so many people, and and of course that's where I first heard about you with your podcast, which uh, I I really really enjoy. So thank you. Yeah, so uh, a little bit about me, um, going way back. Let's say I was I was born in Northern Ireland. I was actually born in the same hospital as Rory McIlroy, the golfer. Um, then immigrated to South Africa. So that's probably where you hear the accent from when I was six years old. I was educated in South Africa, never went to college, uh, just finished high school, um, was a very keen sportsman, played seven, eight sports in school, which you usually do in, in, in countries like South Africa and Australia. It's all just about sports at school, which is pretty cool. Um, Love took up the sport of duathlon, which is almost like triathlon without the swimming. Um, went on to, to compete in five world championships in that and became two-time national champion. So that's a little bit of my sporting background. Uh, 29 marathons I've run. But work-wise, started in, in the fitness industry as a fitness trainer, progress to a performance, uh, performance coach. I uh, was very, very lucky to work with a lot of uh, great athletes, world champions, gold, gold Olympians. Um, world number one tennis players, squash players, for example. So super fortunate. 
And then in the last five to seven years, I have gone more towards the way of culture, leadership, and, uh, and high performance. So what does that entail? That entails uh, consulting to professional teams, consulting to colleges, and of course involves a lot of uh, speaking as well. So let's talk about a little bit about that transition for a few pieces. One, I hear of a lot of athletes struggle sometimes going to that coach side. Uh, and those transitions don't last very long because if you're a very talented athlete, it's very hard sometimes that things that came natural for you that other people have to work harder for. It's, sometimes that's hard to coach, you see. I'm curious your experience of making that transition because you've been coaching not only in the sport, but the mental side for so long. How was that initial transition for you? And then what sparked the idea to go from the performance, physical focus to being like, I'm really passionate about the mental side of this? Yeah, there's a big keyword. And we'll go on to that, that second one after uh, I've answered your first one. So here's the thing about the transition from being an athlete to a coach. And, and my first book, Seven Keys to Being a Great Coach, touches exactly on that, is that from an athlete's perspective, obviously when an athlete retires from the sport, let's just say at the latest it's 33, 34. Let's just say you've had a good career, for example. You haven't exactly seen things from the coach's point of view. And there are two completely different skills is being an athlete and being a coach. Now, there's, a, there's an advantage and there's a disadvantage coming from an athletic background. Coming from an athletic background, of course, uh, you've been an athlete. You know what it feels You've been in that environment, for, for example, but there's still a little bit of an ego involved. And some of, the, some of the, uh, the coaches I've helped who've come from being professional athletes, you see that in the first year or two, that they really think it's going to be easy. They really think that this is, you know, I've got this. This is okay. So one of the advantages is they might get a lot of respect for being a, a former athlete or a former college uh, football player or whatever it may be. However, over time, those skills are found out that they have to be learned. Coaching is a skill. It's not a given. Just like anything else, it's a skill. So in a way, you can give advice to a new coach, but you've almost got to let them experience it. You've got to let them fail. You've got to let them go through where they go, you know, uh-oh, okay, he or she was right when they told me about this or that. But, you've, you know, you've got to let them experience, for example. So... Uh, yeah, I've seen it all too many times, Jake, where an athlete just thinks they're just going to make a, a great coach, and it's not so much the case. They, they really find out that it's pretty difficult to manage people's emotions, to manage structure, to manage uh, the emotions that go up and down. So, and then your second question, um, the, the transition for me, and you hit the nail on the head there when you said the word passion, because... I've always believed that if you no longer have passion for something, it's time to quit. Now, people say, don't quit, all this type of stuff. But there is a time when you have to quit things that are no longer fueling you. They're no longer giving you passion. They're no longer giving you joy. And most important of all, they're no longer giving you purpose. So that was a little bit the same for me. After 20, I'd say 25 years, it's a long time, shows my age. Yeah, 23, 24 years of being in the sports performance arena, fitness training, physical uh, sports performance, I was waking up, Jake, where I didn't feel that passion anymore. I didn't feel that, oh, I can't wait to get out there and work with athletes. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved the athletes I worked with. And I got to work with a lot of celebrities. I got to work with Miss Universe. I got to work with CEOs of Coca-Cola. So I really, really had a, a fantastic career. But 
I was no longer waking up with the desire and the passion, passion anymore. And I thought to myself, it has to change. And there was this like little bit of doubt and negativity that said to me, well, what else do you know? This is what you've done all your life. You've been in this career. And that's just the negative little voice that, that you know, says to you, you can't. And I thought, what else do I love? I love, I love sports. I still want to be in, involved in sports, but I also love uh, leadership, understanding culture. Why do some teams and corporations and organizations succeed and some don't? So that's the avenue I went. I haven't looked back. And I'm happy to say that I wake up with passion and purpose every day. So something you said there, I'm, I'm curious about for our listeners and, and the talk about there is a right time to quit certain things when you, you lose that passion, that why. How do we know or how do we develop the self-awareness to understand the difference between completely losing that passion for something versus just kind of being in the grind portion to be able to earn the right to do certain things. Almost like when you're starting out coaching, you're transitioning, you're not immediately given the all-star team, that varsity squad. Sometimes you have to start at the bottom, which isn't always fun. It's more of, it's work to get to that opportunity and position you want. How do we build the self-awareness or, or start to identify the difference between the times we have to work through that things that aren't that fun versus completely losing that passion? Yeah, that's a good question because, I mean, I'm, on, I'm only speaking from my own experience and just how I felt when I was going through that process. But um, let, let me go back to this. So I always knew in my, my athletic career. So like, as I mentioned, I, I competed in five world championships in the sport of triathlon, which is a pretty tough sport. It's like Ironman. It's, it's, it's biking. It's running. I always knew, Jake, that when I, when I wouldn't step up to a start line feeling nervous and feeling afraid it was time for me to stop it was time for me to quit and you know i i i had a chat with bob bowman um michael phelps coach about this as well and he said the same thing about athletes is that when you no longer step up to the blocks and you feel nervous and scared it's time to time to quit so for me that was a little bit a little bit like that but it just doesn't happen you just don't wake up one day and go i want to stop i hate this it's a process and you fight that process a little bit. And, and, and again, I'm just talking about from my own perspective. You maybe fight that process for a few months, a few years where you're like, you know, I don't enjoy this as much anymore. Or I'm not so super keen to step on that airplane to go across to LA or wherever to work with that athlete anymore. So it started gradually for me a little bit, a little bit. And then it just got a little bit more and a little bit more where I got to the stages where, and it wasn't me, I didn't recognize me, where I'm lying in bed going, I don't want to go to work today. And for me, it was never work. It was, you know, they say, you know, uh, love what you do and you'll never work another day in your life. I, I, you know, I, yes and no, I buy into that and I don't. But for me, um, it was, I always wanted to be doing something that I love and I didn't feel like it was work. And that's, that's when it started to feel like work for me. And that's when I knew it was time to change. That's uh, and and I love that insight, especially from your perspective on that, because yeah, that that can be a confusing point. But once you get to the point of like, I, this isn't serving me. I don't want to do this at all. It, it's very different from being able to look at what the work you're doing and seeing how it's serving you, setting you up for where you want to go. And so I, I think that's important for our listeners. Go ahead. You know, you know, on that same subject as well is that, you know, people say don't quit, don't quit. And I get it, but. If you are doing something, now there's, you know, there's two sides to this. You can either quit because it's too tough 
and it's too hard. Well, you know, that is, I'm sorry to say that's a loser's mentality is that you're not willing to go through, like you just said there, the grind, the resilience, the, the grit, you know, the, 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 the messy stuff. You're not willing to go through it. That's quitting. But when you're doing something, you set a goal or something and you're no longer enjoying it. You're no longer enjoying the grind. You're no longer enjoying the, the messiness. And I used to love it. I used to love the messiness because I knew I was getting better through it. Um, there is, that's a time to quit. And, you know, like, you know, you see all those memes and you see all those things, don't quit, don't quit. Well, if it's no longer fulfilling you, if it's no longer, um, you know, getting you out of bed in the morning and you're excited about what you're doing, then maybe it is. Maybe it's time to, maybe it's time to make that switch. Well, a lot of people, as we talked about before we got on air, we're recording this mid-April. A lot of people right now are having to reevaluate a lot of their work, a lot of their life. They're, they're at home on quarantine. And so they're having to really look at what they do. Uh, maybe they've been forced to change. They're in a career transition now that was put upon them because of this. And so they're really trying to evaluate not only where to go, but probably dealing with a lot of inner voices and doubt. Um, and I know one of the things you've written about and worked on is the importance of the relationship with yourself and, and importantly, those thoughts you have in your head. Tell us a little bit about where the idea to create that piece came from, the importance of that self-talk, that relationship with yourself. Um, and what are some things people can do right now while at home, maybe isolated or, or with family, to maybe evaluate their current relationship with their self to see if it's healthy or see if it's not actually healthy and not serving their goals? Yeah. Well, I mean, as you just mentioned there, you know, we're recording this in April and it's in the midst of the coronavirus. So a lot of the people I believe right now, Jake, are getting to really know themselves. And that, and you know, because when we're in our normal lifestyle of being busy and going to work and we're in this routine, maybe you have kids, you take the kids to school, you drop the, you go to work and so on and so forth. You never have time or you never make time to actually sit down and self-reflect, which is a massive, massive thing that's helped me on my journey is self-reflecting at the end of the day. And I ask myself three questions. What did I do well today? What could I have done better today? And who did I make better today? I ask myself those three questions. But, you know, here's the thing, is that you can't have a healthy relationship with others if you don't first have a healthy relationship with yourself. It's almost like going into a romantic relationship and you are scarred, you haven't, uh, you haven't recovered or repaired from the previous relationship you're going to be bringing those things into that mixed relationship, which is detrimental, obviously, to the other person as well. So you first have to have a healthy relationship with yourself before you can have a healthy relationship with others. And, you know, right now, and this is something I'm really, really um, zoning in on with some of my private clients and some of the, the webinars and things I'm doing as well, is about the relationship with yourself. And especially guys, Jake, especially us guys, we have an ego. We don't want to go there. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's not a great feeling, even with our spouses, even with people that are close to us, for example. And, you know, it's so important to confront those things because you can only release yourself. You can only become freer once you confront those, selves, those, those things. But um, a, few, a few things, for example, I suggested in, in my book about, you know, a better relationship with yourself is, first of all, practice gratitude and appreciation. You have to you know, while you're working for the things you want, appreciate and have gratitude for the things you have. You know, we're in this society, especially in America, we're just chasing the next thing. We're chasing something better. We're, we're not wanting to keep up with the Jones. We're wanting to be better than the Jones. 
And it's, it's a very, very unhealthy uh, motivation to life. Yes, we want to be financially secure. Yes, we want to have good lives. But it's a very, this is why I believe there's so many chronic illnesses and, and, and things in, in the United States and across the world for that matter is because we're chasing, chasing, chasing. This is one of the first times in history or maybe since the Great Depression where we've had to slow down. And I think there's so many advantages from that. Obviously, you know, one of them is, is the pollution. We've seen that the pollution count has dropped. But getting back to, to working on a better relationship with yourself is be good to yourself. And, and you know, uh, take care of yourself, good food, good nutrition, good hydration, exercise, the way you speak to yourself. How, how empowering is your self-talk right now? If I, if I was to say to you on a scale of one to 10, what would you give yourself with the way you speak to yourself on a daily basis? And I say if that's below seven or eight, you're missing out on achieving your best life on, on, you know, on excellence. And, you know, I love the name of your podcast, Compete Every Day. Because you are competing every day, and the most important person you compete, compete against is yourself. Without That's my opinion. Because you want to be better than yourself. Than, I want to be better than I was yesterday, and I'm sure you're the same, same person, Jake. So um, maybe one or two more things I can give there is forgiveness. Forgive yourself for past mistakes. You know, we, live, we can live with a lot of guilt. We can live with a lot of shame. We've all made mistakes. We've all screwed up somewhere along the line. But you, there has to be a time where you face those things. Maybe there's, there's, there's things you need to, you know, um, forgive others with and vice versa. But that's an important thing to a better relationship with yourself. Because it's like you're just carrying those along on your journey. And it's a heavy load to carry. And then as I mentioned, last one, self-reflect. Self-reflect at the end of the day. That is how you get to improve. That helps your self-awareness. And that obviously helps your relationship with others as well. Would you say uh, those pieces, that self-reflection piece probably is, is the foundation for being able to move past the past mistakes, being able to, to compete against your own self because it almost creates the space we need in order to kind of review life and review what our thoughts are to be more intentional or at least more aware of the things that are going through our head? You know, Jake, 100% on the money right there is self-reflection. You know, if, if you were to say to me, Alistair, just give me one thing. Just give me one thing today that how I can improve myself. It would be self-reflect. And I'm so glad you brought it up because that's where it starts is looking inside. And, you know, those three questions have really helped me. I'll repeat them again is what did I do well today? Because it's so easy for us to beat ourselves up about things we didn't do well today. But it's, it's important to reflect and say, you know what? I did that pretty well today. Or... Um, you know, wh whatever it could be, it could be something small that helps our confidence that helps our self image to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a good job there. I might not, I might not be where I want to be, but I'm one step closer. And then of course, what could I have done better today? So maybe it was a conversation I had with somebody at the post office where I was abrupt or maybe a little bit rude, but at least I'm able to say, you know what, Alistair, I don't like the way you spoke to that person today. Maybe, you know, just maybe next time you could have a little bit more patience or whatever it may be, for example. Um, I was going to say, I, I love that. And that, that's something that listeners have heard reinforced before about the importance of reflecting back and creating the space to do that, which as you just shared right now, we've had to hit the pause button. So there's no better time to do it because we don't have the excuse of, Oh, I've got to run out the door to do this, or I've got to run out the door to do that. 
it's we are kind of life has changed and so you've got the opportunity as we want to look at it to to do that to create that so that as you know and as i'm sure you share once we get out of this thing and whatever normal looks like after this we're so much farther ahead from a mental standpoint a prepared for life standpoint than we would be if we just neglect that time to build the self-awareness during this yeah, absolutely. I mean, for some though, I know everybody that's listening to this podcast compete every day are people who want to get better. You know, they're, they're, this is deliberate. You, you, will, you will choose a podcast like compete every day because you want to get better. Yeah. But you know, right now, and you, you just said it there about choices. We have a choice to, to have a marathon Netflix or to, to watch a TED talk or listen to a podcast or read a book. We have a choice right now to, to lie on the couch, eat chips, uh, drink uh, sodas or to make a healthy protein shake or a fruit shake or something. Right now, we have a choice to exercise or, like I said, stay on the couch. So it's all about choices right now. Well, and that that leads me to the next topic of conversation is, is you just released a book at the first of this month called Developing a Winning Attitude and Mindset. And, and the first piece uh, that I love about your book when it's promoted on Amazon is that excellence is an, is an attitude. And as listeners know and have heard me preach over and over again, our attitude is 100% up to us. It is a choice we make every single day, which ties in so well that the pursuing excellence, building that excellence is a choice we make. I'm curious uh, if you can give us a high level approach or look at what the book dives into, because you dive into so many different things in this book that are not only uh, helpful during this time to read and be aware and be encouraged, but there's actionable takeaways that if people not only read uh, and just implement one thing a day into their life could have profound impact and results over time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this book is all, obviously, as the title says, Developing a Winning Attitude and Mindset. And we were just talking a little bit earlier about the transition from an athlete to a coach being a skill. And working on a better attitude and mindset is a skill. So the goal of, the goal of this book, Jake, was to give uh, the readers practical, um, practical things to work on developing a better attitude and a better mindset. You know, small little practical things. So for example, you know, one of the most common questions is, how do I become more positive? And that's simple. My strategy is first catch yourself being negative. It can be a negative thought. It can be a negative word. It can be anything. The, the, you're in the process or you're on your way to being a more positive person. When you catch yourself being in the act of being negative or being self-defeating or whatever it may be. That's the first step. Start there. Once you're able to catch yourself, you're, you're, you're on the journey. You're on the journey to becoming a more positive thing. Once you do that, replace it with something positive. You know, I can't do this is negative. Or I can't do this yet is I'm working on it. Right. I'm getting better every day, for example. Um, you know, this book is about self-belief. This book is about how to build confidence in a healthy way, not an arrogant way, for example. This book is about um, building better relationships, not only in, in life, but also in your career as well. The importance of that and the, the importance of consistency which you know, I've listened to a few of your podcasts as well. And that is a big word as well as consistency and habits, consistency and behaviors, consistency in the everyday little things that you do. So in a nutshell, which, I, mean, I, 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 could, I, want, mm -hmm. I want to jump in real quick because you posted sure. a video on Twitter recently about consistency and the importance of it. 
I'm curious, curious because you've been a high level athlete and, and you know the importance of consistency for someone listening that, that maybe not had that same athletic experience from a physical standpoint and, and has seen it. What are some things you, you encourage within maybe a corporate setting or, or individual away from sports setting on how people can better develop consistency? Is there, is there something they can do? Uh, maybe it's the night before planning. Maybe it's a, a small a routine they can create, but something that helps people develop more of a consistent habit. Would that be a consistent habit in their exercise, their physical, or just generally consisting a better? Uh, or, just generally um, consisting. If mm -hmm. someone's never exercised before yeah. and they're listening to this or they've never been able to keep it consistent, how? what is something they could do right now during quarantine to start to build that habit? We know it takes an extended amount of time to lock in that habit, but starting to build that consistency all starts with what we do today. So I'm curious in, in your standpoint, if, if you don't mind sharing, what are some things you recommend in helping people build consistency? Sure. Okay. So if we look at it realistically, uh, we have 15 to 16 hours a day that we're awake. Okay. So generally most people sleep eight, nine hours, whatever it may be. So I always say start small, start with small little goals. So what's the, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they, they, they get too extravagant with their goals, just like yep. New Year's resolutions. They go from zero to 160. Yep. You know what? I'm going to go to gym every day. I'm going to eat uh, uh, lettuce and cucumbers for, for, you know, the rest of my life. All these just ridiculous goals. And they're gone by, you know, <laughs> they're gone by two weeks. You know, the yeah. Third, yeah, not even the third of January. Here's an interesting stat as well is that only 11% are still keeping their goals after May. So there you go. It's like a 90% fail rate with New Year's resolutions. Wow. But start small. So for example, um, like I just said there, we're awake 16 hours a day. What is 20 minutes of exercise, whatever you want to do? If it's, if it's getting out the door and walking, excellent. That's exercise. Who knows where that leads to? It could lead to a jog. It could lead to a 5K. It could lead to a marathon, which a good friend of mine started with a 20-minute walk. Who knows? Number two, 20 minutes of investment in, your, um, in yourself. So, for example, a podcast like yours or reading a book. And then the last one is 20 minutes in relationships. Those are the three goals that I set personally is calling someone or intentionally you know, sending a message, how are you doing? So start small. I love it. I love it because you're right. We, we try to take on these elephant goals by by eating it in one fell swoop, which we yeah. know the way we eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And so it's the little things, the little tweaks. I love especially hearing uh, you talk about the friend that started from a 20-minute walk to marathons because most people, they'll never get to that marathon because they haven't done the 20-minute walk. But once you start it, you may be like, hey, I wonder if I can walk for 30 or I wonder if I can jog it for 20. And little by little, you build it. It's It's a marathon quote unquote, uh, long time distance, big perspective versus the immediate. You know, the funny thing, sorry, if I can just come in yeah. there, Jake, you know, you know, what the funny thing is, is that, so he, you know, he contacted me about three, four years ago saying, I need a program. I needed this net. You know, we get that all the time. And I said, listen, just start with 20 minutes a day. If you can do that, or even three times a week. So I said to him, after a month, come back to me and see if you've done that. He said, Hey, I'm doing it. I'm actually up to 30 minutes and on the weekends, 40. Brilliant. So it led to, like I just said, it led from one thing to the other. He got motivated by that. He saw his weight was dropping. He saw his heart rate was coming. His resting heart rate was coming down. All these positive things. It was improving his self-image. It was improving his relationships. It was like a, 
a snowball effect. And uh, he eventually went on, like I said, to do half marathons and a half Ironman, which is, I, I, I haven't even attempted that. <laughs> and, and now it's funny. You know, I got off the phone with him this morning. He's now inspiring me and saying, hey, you know what? Uh, let's challenge each other to a virtual 5K this week. So it's just amazing how, you know, it can just swing, you know, in a way. He's, he's, he's uh, motivating me. I love it. I love it. It's funny. We... We far too often, I think, underestimate what our actions can do in helping and inspiring others. And, and like you said, something as simple as just starting with a 20-minute walk, people are like, oh, that's not going to do anything. But once they watch you consistently stick with it, they're going to want to know how or get involved. And then it creates that fun, competitive atmosphere, uh, which is better for all of us because it helps us continually raise the bar in our own lives. Alistair, I, I appreciate you sharing and, and taking some time out today to hang out with us. For people to learn more about your work, we know to get connected with you, Twitter's the best place, but you've also got a website that talks about the programs you do, the, the speaking and other uh, coaching and stuff you work you do, as well as your books. Where can we get best connected with you? Yeah, probably as you said there, my, uh, my webpage, um, alistairmccaw.com. Uh, as you mentioned, Twitter at alistairmccaw.com. Instagram, Be Champion Minded, and Facebook, Alistair McCall page. So those are the ones I have right now. I don't even know what TikTok is. I'm going to have to find out what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it seems to be pretty popular at the moment. But uh, those, are the, those are the best uh, platforms to reach me. And I would, I would be remiss if I didn't mention how I first found out about you before even Twitter was your own podcast, Champion Minded. And so I want to throw a plug for that for listeners. If you are looking for some additional content to check out, please dive in, check it out, Champion Minded Podcast, and then we'll be linking to your book, Developing a Winning Attitude and Mindset on Amazon. So people can pick up their copy right now while they need additional things to read, especially now that you've challenged us. 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day is nothing if we want to pick up a book and read it and walk out of this storm, whether it's a monster challenge or an inconvenience for us right now, we can walk out of this better than when we came in. Alistair, man, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Jake, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, thanks for, for everything you do as well. Like I said, you've been my company on a few, a few of the rides as well. So keep putting great stuff out there. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.